Well, welcome everyone. We are passionate at Church Alive, helping people fulfill God's potential for their lives. And that means developing, building, coaching, inspiring leaders. And so I hope you'll have a leaning factor that today you can grow. Today you can take on a new mentality, a new mindset. And as you allow God to prune you, lift you, other people to inspire you, learn from you, you can become all that God has destined you to become. Thank you guys. Marco, great work, my man. So good. Come on, slap your neighbor and tell him you look like you've been eating this week. Man, some of you really got into conversation on that one. You're like... <laughs> um, you know, as I, we were approaching Super Bowl weekend, I began to think about what to talk about. And every year in our church, we choose this one Sunday to kind of obviously grab Super Bowl athlete stories. And one of the things I love about sports is they, it relates to life so well. I think it relates to faith so well. And um, I wanted to talk on numerous different thoughts. I, I thought maybe I could talk on first downs, like the, the importance of progress in your life. And I thought about talking about coaches and the need for you and I to listen to coaches and wise voices in our life. I thought about like listening and, and talking about teamwork. I thought about talking about opposition, that haven't you found that life has opposition to it? Probably more than an NFL game, there is opposition. And, and every time it seems like you're moving forward sometimes, it seems like all of a sudden something is bumping you back. Yeah. I came here to encourage you today, but I want to talk to you today about this one thought. It's a bit of a unique thought, learning through your losses. Learning through losses. How many know that victory teaches you some things? Success teaches you some things. Yeah. Prosperity will teach you some things. If life's going well for you, it'll teach you some stuff. But nothing teaches you like losing. <laughs> Why? Because when you are doing well and you are winning and there's victory in your world, so to speak, you, how many know that you could have more victory, but sometimes it's the glory of victory that blinds you? Yeah. But when you lose, when I lose, when you have hard times in your life, you can reflect a little bit more and so I hope that this church is not just a place where you come and worship and sense God's presence and connect with great people but you come to think a little bit you come to reflect a little bit because if you'll reflect more I found that you'll regret less how many would like to regret less in your life come on but but the pathway of less regretting is actually more reflecting with a healthy mindset does that make sense Because the truth of the matter is that two teams are playing today and in every game there is a winner and as my good friend Jim Carrey says, there is a loser. <laughs> and what's interesting about that fact is that 31 teams in essence have lost. It's 32 teams in the NFL and 31 of them have lost. So what are the Cowboys doing today? Like, what is the Giants doing today? What is Tom Brady doing today? Isn't it weird that he's not even in the Super Bowl? How many have a man crush on Tom Brady? Just, just, okay, no one's going to admit it. All right. Like, what are the Steelers doing today? Here's what they're doing. Great teams, great coaches, great players. You know what they're doing? They're learning. They're learning from their losses. They're learning from their losses because if you don't learn from your losses, you'll actually find that sometimes you'll just live a life of regret 
Sometimes if you don't learn from your losses or if you learn the wrong way from your losses, it'll self-defeat you. Sometimes if you don't learn from your losses, you'll quit. But how many know if it, 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 it's not just about winning life, sometimes it's about losing, but getting back up again. Yeah. How many appreciate Rocky Balboa sometimes? Like get back up again, right? Hey, hey yo. <laughs> My first point to you today is this. And it's an unusual point, to be honest, but value your losses. Value your losses. Why? Because loss, losing is there to teach you something. Losing is there to teach me something. Let life's losses be your instructor. Don't let them defeat you, but let them teach you. How many want to get a little wiser? If you want to get a little wiser, lean in today. I want to say this to you today. Your life lessons... Are your life lessons. No one else can learn them. I don't care if you read the Bible a lot or leadership books a lot or talk to people a lot. There's certain lessons that you have that no one else can learn but you. Like you can't. I, 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 I have tried to learn my best from my parents' failure. I've tried to learn my best from other people's failures. But how many know even if you try your best to learn from other people, you still fail sometimes. Right. And so even as much as you would value trying to win and trying to live a life that's actually flourishing, you still fail. Like we're about to, uh, next week we're going to do a relationship series. It's one of the most fun series in our church. I highly suggest you bringing someone to it. But I've been doing a relationship series now for 13 years. How many know I was not an expert 13 years ago? And I'm still not an expert. But we do relationship series every year in our church. And I was a year and a half into being married and we started doing relationship series. So you're like, Pastor Anthony, how'd you do that? I read books. And I figured I had no idea. And so I kept reading books and I kept reading books and I kept, you know, I still make mistakes and I still stumble. And and one of my challenges, I was talking to someone, this may be too much information. um, I was talking to someone recently and he was like, man, I value communication. Like I value it. And I had to have this conversation with him. I had to say to him, listen, I know you value communication, but you have to assume you are a worse communicator than you you think you are. Now, this is kind of going next week, and this is kind of what what I want to hit a little bit. But think about this. If you think you're a great communicator, you don't think you learn. Because if you think you're amazing, you have nothing to learn. And how many of you know that then you jump into marriage and found out you ain't that good? Men? You ain't that good. That should be a good sign that you're not that good yet, right? Because you're grunting like a Neanderthal. We have to value our losses. The Apostle Paul, one of the most influential Christians to ever live, the greatest of all the apostles, with dedication and drive, he meets Jesus literally in the sky, his name is Saul, he is literally killing Christians and Jesus confronts him. How would you like Jesus to confront you as you're going to church to like shoot people? That was Paul. And he is literally going to kill and arrest Christians and Jesus literally shows up and says, you are blind, Saul, but you will now become Paul. 
And he was a master of a leader and he was a dedicated follower of Christ. But here's what he said in Philippians chapter 4 verse 11. I love this verse. He says, not that I speak in regard to need for I have, what did he do? He, for I have learned in whatever, someone say whatever, whatever state I am to be content. He said, I know how to be a base, which is to have very little, and I know how to abound, which is to have very much. Everywhere and in all things, I have done what I have learned, both to be full and to be hungry, both to suffer need, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now that verse is such a popular verse. You're like, yes, Lord, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But backtrack just two verses. Are you learning the lessons that God needs to teach you? Am I learning the lessons that God needs to teach me? Is life teaching you some lessons? And are you putting yourself in the student or the seat of the student? Listen to what Keith Craft says, uh, an amazing pastor, leader, author. He says this. When you grow through, someone say grow through. When you grow through what you go through, you will break through. Say that with me. When you grow through what you go through, you will break through. Your life lessons are your life lessons. So how many of you have had some bad things happen to you? Say yes. How many think that you could probably learn some more lessons in the the future? Yeah. Yeah. So how are you going to do it? You're not going to blame the past. You're going to grow through the past. This is why God set up, I believe, six days of work and then one day had to be a rest day. Because if you don't give man rest, he doesn't learn. If you don't give man rest, he doesn't reflect. This is why I love speaking about the power of your day. God's pathway for your day is simple vision, action, and reflection. See, if I do that more and more, I'll actually start changing my day. When I change my day, guess what I just did? I changed my life. Let me preach to this side of the room because you didn't get it yet. If I change my day, I change my... Come on, if I change my day, I change my... Right, if I change my day, I change my what? Some people want to change their life, but can I say to you, you just need to start changing your day. Because success isn't one day, it's not someday, it's every day. I think it was uh, John Wooden, the great basketball coach, he literally said this, he said, let every day be a masterpiece. This is one of the principles why we do this and hit this so hard in our transformed men and women's groups is because you must have a transformed day to have a transformed life. Are you with me? Number two today is this. Let other people's lessons also be yours. I don't want to just go through all the pain and not learn from some other people. How many can learn some lessons from some stupid people? (laughs) Right? You can learn some lessons. Let other people's lessons be your lessons. Someone say amen. Amen. Someone say I'm here to learn today. I like an encouraging church. I like a feedback church. Come on, one more time. Say, I'm here to learn today. today. Let other people's lessons also be yours. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 29 says, I went by the field, it says, of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding and common sense. And then it says this. I don't think it's on the screen. And then it says, and I learnt 
something from it. And then it goes on to say a little sleep. It says a little slumber, it says a little folding of the hands to rest, and it says and poverty will come on you like a bandit, and it says scarcity like, a, like an armed man. He literally says this, he says, I am watching lazy people, and I am learning their lessons. Anyone hearing that? Yes. How many know there's some lessons sometimes? How many of you have had to kick yourself in the bum sometimes for just being lazy? Yeah. Some of you are like, not me. <laughs> Getting up at 12.45 in the afternoon, like, what do you mean? <laughs> Man, I remember, because how many know that some of you head towards diligence and others towards laziness? Yeah. Yeah. And both actually end up, one burns you out, one breaks you out. So you've got to un- understand, if you learn the lessons of your life, you've got to actually be self-aware to know, am I a person who's so disciplined and such a workaholic that I end up stressing my life out and no one likes to be around me? Or am I a lazy person that can't accomplish anything? Are you with me? One of the reasons I love the book of Proverbs is the book of Proverbs shows you lessons from other people and it says something really deep. It says, learn from it. Like literally, you gotta, you got to hang with this. It'll say, here's the foolish man, don't be him. I know, it's deep, right? And then it'll say, here's a foolish woman, and it's literally like, don't be her. It'll say things like, don't spend all you have, save some money. So it's like, don't be that guy. It literally will say things like, don't refuse God's law and instruction in your life, God's morality. It'll say, don't be that guy. Like it'll say, Proverbs chapter 3, um, verse 11 says, do not be wise in your own eyes. It says, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. Watch this now. And it'll be health to your bones and nourishment to your flesh. It'll say things like, do you see the drunk? It'll say, don't be that. It'll literally say things like, do you see an angry person? Don't hang around him so much that you catch on his behaviors. It literally will say things like, he who has rule over his own spirit is better than he who takes a city. It'll say things like this, like, don't talk too much. (laughs) Why? Because if you talk too much, sometimes you say dumb things. Now, some of you might need to talk more. Like when you meet people. Hello. How are you? Where are you from? Look good today. Like that's, you know, sometimes people take, I don't like to talk unless the Lord's talking through me. I heard someone say that one time. I want to slap the person. (laughs) Really? The only time you open your mouth is if God himself is talking through you? So you're going to talk nine times your whole entire life. And the rest of the time you're going to be a mute. No, there's wisdom and balance. Believe God to speak to you, but don't, don't be so conceited that you think the only time I talk is that the Lord himself is speaking through my lips. Sometimes religious people, we get weird, don't we? We just, we just go so extreme. We get spiritual eyes. I'm just sensing the Lord is about to move in this place. 
Lord is in this place. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. What are the lessons you should learn from your family tree that you refuse to repeat? That's worth, I just want to let you know, that's worth sitting on for a while. That's worth journaling. That's worth writing about. That's worth, how can I do it different? Again, don't get bitter about it. Get better about it. Switch the I with the E, people. Right? You've got to, you've got to learn this. I was talking to some men last night with a men's event. And if your father was unfaithful, then don't just get mad at your dad for being unfaithful. Forgive your dad and then value faithfulness and work towards faithfulness. If if your father or mother were people of lack of self-control, then don't just get mad at them about it. Don't just judge them on it because if you judge them on it, you will repeat it. But if you forgive them and release them and let them go and then you say, God, help me have a self-controlled different spirit, it will be different from you. What are the lessons you should learn from your family tree? Was uncle so-and-so just a jack wagon? You just don't want to be like that? Jack wagon, look it up. Google that stuff, man. Life is too short not to learn from others. Because sometimes I hear Christians say this, I had to go through it. I had to. No, you did. There's a big difference between had to and did. See, you went through it, but you didn't have to. See, God warned you often from it, but you didn't listen because you thought you were smarter, right? We all thought we were smarter at different times. We're like, what would the Lord of glory know? (laughs) What would the maker of all of heavens and earth know about anything? (laughs) I mean, I'm 18 years old. Like eight years ago, I was 10. I mean, what wouldn't I know, right? And we get prideful and it blinds us and then we think we're smarter than God and then we do stuff and then all of a sudden it breaks us. And then you come on back later and you're like, oh, Father, you were right. Isn't that amazing? How many of you have been beaten a little bit by life? Come on, how many of you have been beaten a little bit by life and you're starting to realize that God knows what he's talking about? Do you know the longer I live, the more I realize I'm like, he actually knows. <laughs> like uh, the more I live, the more I, I see people that follow him get blessed and then see those that follow, don't follow him and they get blessed for a while. I said for a while. There's always blessing for a while. There's always the season, but then you have to live with it. Listen to what Psalm 119 verse 59 says. He says, I thought about my ways. I thought about my ways. I thought about, listen, I thought about my days. I thought about my priorities. I thought about my life. I I reflected on my life. I journaled some stuff. I thought some stuff. I I began to evaluate my life. I thought about my ways and I turned not my just attention, but I turned my feet, which means I started walking a little bit different. Right? I turned my feet, it says, to your testimonies. You know, I found this, that wisdom is not necessarily found in school, but in the lessons along the journey. Wisdom is not necessarily found in school, but along the lessons of the journey that whisper in the moments of success, but seem to shout 
in the moments yeah. of pain so of your life. Yeah. You know, I found this, that the Bible is one of the most incredible books of promises. If you want, if you want the promises of God, like if you want promises that are literally are not offered any other place, read the Bible. Like if I said to you today, would you rather the promises of the Bible or a billion dollars? Which one would you choose? Because eternity is more than a billion. Come on, eternity is more than a billion. Now how many would might like get like a little bit excited if at least a billion dollars came your way? Oh, the spiritual people over here, you're like, no, that's the love of money. <laughs> you guys were like, yay! <laughs> Woo! Going on a little vacation. It's called forever. <laughs> How many of you would go on an all-inclusive vacation forever? <laughs> you literally like, I'm going to, uh, what's that little, a sand- I'm going to sandals. For how long? Forever. See forever. <laughs> I'll see you in heaven. No more cooking, cleaning. It'd be a glorious thing, wouldn't it? Oh, yes. That's called heaven, people. <laughs> Listen to this. First Corinthians chapter 10. See, the Bible is a great, amazing book of promises, but it's also an amazing book of warnings. Yeah. No one will warn you like the Bible. Yes. Nobody will warn you like the Bible. First Corinthians chapter 10 says this. Verse 6. Now these things occurred as examples. Someone say examples. To keep us from setting our hearts. Someone say setting. setting. Setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Notice that it didn't say thinking about it. Setting your hearts on something evil. Setting is different than, than all of us get pulled and pushed with our, our own Humanity, let's put it that way. Our own humanity leads us sometimes numerous different places. I don't care what that place is, but it leads us sometimes to be selfish. How many ever battle selfishness? Just say yes. yes. Some of you just don't believe me yet, but trust me, the person next to you believes you. <laughs> like you, you wrestle, how many of you ever wrestle you? Yes. Like I find that the biggest person that I have to wrestle is me. But if I get him straight in the mirror, good things happen in my life, right? And the Bible says this. Go back one verse, guys. Don't, don't jump around. Wait. Verse 6. Now these things occurred as what? Why? The Bible is saying you've got to learn the lessons not just from your own life, not just the stupidity of other people and the mistakes of other people. You have to learn from the lessons of Scripture. This is why God wrote this book, so that you and I would know that God loves us, but you would also know that God has examples and lessons for you and for me. So I can read them and say, man, Abraham was a man of faith, but he also lied, so I shouldn't lie. And Noah was a man of faith, but he also got drunk and did some dumb stuff, so I probably shouldn't do that. And, and, and Simon Peter was a man of faith, but he denied Jesus, so I shouldn't deny Jesus. Right. And, 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 and Peter later preaches this amazing sermon and so many people get saved. But later, he then becomes actually kind of racist and begins to treat Jews and Greeks very differently. And so the Bible tells us these examples so that we learn from them so that we don't become like them. Does that make sense? And he says this, setting our hearts on evil things as they did. And he says, do not be idolaters, which is to lift something above God, as some of them were. As is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. 
Verse 8, we should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. God judged them in a moment. Verse 9, we should not test Christ as some of them did and were killed by snakes. Verse 10, and do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. These things happened to them as what? Come on, these things happened to them as what? Examples and were written down as warnings for us. So number three, if you like to take notes, and I I, I highly encourage it because we're a place of learning to learn from the sins of others. Learn from the mistakes of others. Learn from your own mistakes. But actually, don't, don't just learn from your own sins. Learn from the sins of others. Yeah. And I, I find it so interesting that the Bible goes through this list of things. Four things. It says idolatry. Then it says sexual immorality. Then it says don't test Christ. And then it says this, and don't grumble. <coughs> really, Lord? Grumble, idolatry, sexual immorality, don't test Christ. And then he's like, and don't grumble. Like he, 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 makes, he doesn't make this distinction. He literally goes, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. And this is bad. Are, are you hearing me? Yes. How many of you have ever had a week or a month or maybe even a year that you grumbled? Come on, come on, come on, put up your hand. It's okay, just admit it. Because the person next to you like, you, you need to put it up. How many complain about the turnpike? How many complain about the parkway? How many complain about taxes? How many complain about getting into church this morning? How come there's so much traffic here? Because you're all here. You know, 40 people from our church park in other places so you can be here. Like our ser- can we give it up for our serving teams? But here's the test of that, is we said, here's what happens, is we said, I'm going to serve Jesus. And then, and then someone's like, hey, can you park a street away? And you're like, <laughs> I can't even believe that I have to park further away because, wait, don't grumble. Don't grumble, it'll sap your anointing. It'll sap your attitude, it'll sap your happiness, it'll sap your strength. It'll sap your life. And, and you're like, oh, I just, I just, grumbling. You know what kills a marriage sometimes? Grumble, 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 grumble. But thank God for them. And lift your spirit. The importance of praise and worship is so that you thank God. Because I've never found someone who's happy that's a grumbler. Have you? Now, how many want to be happy? Yeah, about 80% of you. <laughs> like, oh, I just, uh, I'm not sure. Might be nice one day. <laughs> and he says, listen, what life lessons do you need to learn? What less life lessons do I need to learn? And here's the thing. Think about right about he says don't be an idolater don't lift things above god he says don't be sexually immoral because it 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 actually robs you of who you're intended to be one of the great one of the great great stories i hear out of our transform men groups is this 
is that a lot of men will say, man, I was addicted to porn and I, and I stopped. Let me go a little deeper for a second because it got quiet. No, I saw on Instagram the other day uh, a person who literally did something that he'll probably spend years and years in jail for. No one ever grows up in dreams of that. They, they don't. They were normally sexually abused when they were young and they never dealt with it. They never forgave. They never allowed the blood of Christ to heal them and come into them. But they never desired to do that. What actually happened over the years was they got exposed to a level of sexual immorality and for some reason one level goes to the next 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 level and before you know it it wasn't just a naked picture it was the whole thing it wasn't just that thing it was underage thing and all kinds of different things no one ever thinks that and here's here's my fear sometimes in our culture that Sometimes you hear people and, and they want to throw out all boundaries when it comes to sexual immorality. Here's the truth. The, the people that pay the highest price when you throw out every boundary is always women and is always young children. Because it's a fire that God says it needs to be in a certain place. Otherwise it'll burn your house down. And I, I share that just to say, listen, don't just learn from your own mistakes. Don't just learn from your family's mistakes. Learn from the examples of Scripture. Learn from it. It'll bless your life. I promise you it'll bless your life. It'll bless you. It'll strengthen you. Will you struggle? Yes. Is there struggle? Is there fight? Yes. Will you be perfect? No. You know, before I close today, if Kobe Bryant's life teaches us anything, it's this. The life is short. Life is fragile. And eternity awaits. We all would have said, Kobe, like, you're at the higher man. You fly in a private jet. You got seven houses. And I don't know how many houses you had, but... He was a guy that learnt from other people, learnt from his own mistakes. But then at the end of his life, all of us will stand before God one day. And we're not promised a tomorrow. 41 years old, he'd be in, I believe, the presence of God. He actually became a man of faith. Come on, all across this place, why don't you close your eyes? Let me ask you a question. Are you learning the lessons God wants to teach you? Are you learning the lessons from your own life, your own mistakes? Are you learning from the lessons around you? Are you learning the lessons from your family tree? That perhaps you need to turn around and need to change some things. But you learn the lessons of the, fri- the fragileness of life. Jesus Christ died upon a cross for you there's a there's a gap between man and God and we can try and work our way there we can try build a bridge we can try say I don't believe but either way there's a gap between God and man and that bridge is a person 
who was God's son, who was the son of God and God the son. And he said, humanity cannot save themselves. So I will go down and I will save them. I will die upon a cross for them. I will wipe away every sin I've ever committed if thou trust in me. So if you're in this place right now and you've, you've wandered away, you've ran away, you've slipped away, somehow wherever you are, you just know you're away from God. I believe that God wants you to come home today. He does love you. He does have a plan for your life. And if you'll just turn your attention and your heart to Him and say, God, I, I know I've made a lot of mistakes and I just pray that I, I want your purpose over mine. I want to trust you over me. That's the essence of the Christian life. Trusting Him over ourselves. All across this place, we're going to pray a prayer. And so many of you, I believe today, are going to pray. And maybe you grew up Catholic or Christian or no religion whatsoever. But you just know today there's a hole in your heart. There's a gap that Jesus needs to come in. So we're going to pray and ask Jesus to come in. Come on, pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, today I turn to you. I trust in you. I believe you love me. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. Today, I ask you, come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Be my very best friend. Help me follow you for the rest of my days. May the house of God be my house. May the word of God be my bread. Today I declare Jesus is Lord over my life. Heads about, eyes are closed all across this place. If you meant business with God on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and raise your hand up high. One, two, three. Quickly, all across this place. If you're saying yes to Jesus all across this place, Saying yes to Christ, you fell away, ran away, slipped away. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Those in the back over there, that's awesome, girls. That's in the back over there, and that one, and that one in the middle there, that's awesome today. Those three over there, that's awesome today. And that one in the back also as well. You can put your hands down. Father, I thank you for every hand, every heart. In the name of Jesus, bless your people, I pray. Come on, Church of Life, can we celebrate those people saying yes to Christ? Come on, let's celebrate it.